This is Let's Talk Rehab with Gerald and Garlo, two physical therapists who are dedicated in providing weekly discussion on various topics of orthopedic and sports rehabilitation. Here they are. All right. Welcome back to the podcast. Um, I, your host, Carlo, have been out for a while. I've actually been studying for the OCS exam. And um, I actually was gone for about, I would say, three to four months. And I just sat for the exam in March. And so now I'm ready to get back into recording. And so in today's episode, um, as mentioned with our last episode, I wanted to have an individual discussion about clinical education. Um, I think a lot of um, clinicians, potentially students who may be listening to this, might be keen on what are some of the challenges and perhaps some of the um, difficulties that come along with either fostering a student, going through a clinical experience, and what are some of the expectations, pitfalls, you name it, that kind of come with it. And we'll kind of start off by talking about a couple of critical concepts um, that I use in order to help me guide what we need to do as far as being a clinical instructor. Now, Remember that a uh, majority of students, they come in depending, will have, sorry, they will have a different amount of experience depending on what portion of their third year they're in. So no clinical instructor should set similar guidelines and expectations for a student going into your clinic for their first ever internship as opposed to their third internship. Now the only caveat with this would be if there's a dramatic change in practice settings between the first and the last. Uh, this is particularly true for me when I went from a five months total of two separate inpatient facilities to all of a sudden being under the tutelage of a, a dual credentialed ATPT and Kaiser Permanente trained resident um, to do a two month ortho clinical. And typically, um, you need to be able to um, pass the CPI with a minimum requirement. And usually, on the third clinical, they're expected to be at some form of entry level. Although that might be unfair for a student who may be, again, having an abrupt uh, change in their practice setting. So that leads to kind of my first um, idea, which is expectation. Um, how would you be able to set guidelines and what were you looking to expect from a student when they arrive and how do they perform throughout the entirety of a clinical? So for me, uh, what I do is I first do an inventory of sorts um, that allows me to first gather baseline information on who the student actually is. Uh, and what I do personally is I actually administer a personality test. Now, um, a personality test, you can use many things. Uh, one of the two that I use are the Enneagrams. Um, I can put that link in the description of the podcast and also an inspiration from the Myers-Briggs uh, 16 personalities. Um, doing so allows you to just get an, an easy idea of how they operate, whether that's on an individual basis, in a group basis, what do they value, what are you expecting for them to behave right when they come in. In addition, I also administer a learning inventory. Now, the learning inventory was provided by me through the APTA, and it's just one basic way to get an understanding of how do they want to learn. Are some individuals reflective observers? meaning that they prefer to look, listen, reflect, kind of be in a shadow um, for majority of their time learning before they jump into it? 
Or are they active experimenters? Are they somebody who is more willing to jump a whole, jump ahead, be in the front, um, take charge, experiment, um, and trial and error? Um, every student's going to be different. You know, I've been doing, I've been a clinical instructor now for just a little bit over three years, and I've had eight or nine students, and I uh, will say that neither of them have demonstrated the same learning style. And so by using these types of um, inventories and assessments, you can easily create expectations for your own self as a clinical instructor. Now be aware that if you do this, um, this should not be a judgment, right? You're not trying to judge their character. You're just trying to figure out how you can facilitate a learning environment for somebody um, who's about to be stepping into a brand new type of clinical setting. This is particularly true for the individual who jumps into their first clinical when they've already spent two and a half years, um, for the most part, or actually two years, depending on the program, um, for the most part, in a classroom. And so um, they haven't had any kind of concrete patient experiences. They don't have anything specific to relate to. And so um, doing these types of pre-internship evaluations will then help you how you can structure the clinical based on how you need to be managed or how you operate in your own practice setting. Now, once a student is actually into your clinic, um, it's always going to be important to set expectations daily, if not weekly. Now, what's always difficult is that as a full-time clinician, there's plenty of things we need to do. We have to worry about patients. We have to worry about notes. We have to worry about office work. We have to worry about any other clerical staff working with, you know, your techs, your front desk, assistants, plenty of responsibilities that already keep your 40-hour week uh, really busy. And now you have, you have the added task of taking upon a student. As a clinical instructor, you need to figure out how can you balance that. Some people may need to take extra time. That's what I do. I do spend about an hour away from clinic hours to keep myself available. I utilize this as kind of office hours. And admittedly, I do need that hour to actually get my documentation done. So if I'm in the office and I'm documenting, it's also just a great opportunity to peel, to peel away from that and, and help students with any kind of review of clinical concepts, manual techniques, or just a simple checkup, you know. In the, in the busyness of, of the clinic, you may not have that chance to communicate as much about these expectations during regular clinic hours. And so sometimes you have to be able to do this outside of clinic hours. And really, it just really depends on what you need to do to help ensure that your student understands what is expected of them. Now, it goes without saying there's many of things that go, that are pretty, expect, like, I guess, what would I say? How would I say it? Uh, like, like, mandatory or maybe um, required uh, that don't need, you know, further assurance, much like professionalism. You know, do they dress well? Are they punctual? Do they, do they you know, speak well? And are they, um, are they able to communicate effectively? Now, your expectations will change as the weeks go on. If a student does improve, you can begin to make more demanding expectations. Perhaps this is a way to challenge them. If you feel like they're excelling at a particular skill or, 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 or excelling at a particular type of patient population, then try to give them more practice in that. Um, allow them to or give them the opportunity to make themselves work harder. However, you also need to be able to foster success. We will get into this kind of idea about success versus failure later. If a student is 
uh, not performing to your expectations, you may need to re re like rephrase or change your expectations. Now, keep in mind that usually the CPI, which is going to be their uh, primary evaluative tool to pass the actual clinical, is important. Um, you also you don't want to give them a goal that's too easy that they end up not trying. They get complacent. Now, um, students often will feel this way if the CI never gets never really talks to them. And so having that conversation every day, if not weekly, will help you make sure that the students are um, up to what you need for them to do and for what the school needs them to do. So talking about expectation, we can move on to kind of our second idea, which is success versus failure. We all know that in the clinic, there's plenty of limitations, pitfalls, and also victories that come with our job. But it's a little bit trickier for a student because they come from a classroom environment. And now if you remember back to your PT school days, at all costs, you wanted to pass a test. You know, you and your students did everything you could. And if you needed to talk to a, to a teacher, professor to get an extra point, uh, so you may have to do that to just get a better score. So you got to think about that kind of environment as it carries over into the clinical environment. These students are doing all that they can in a classroom setting to not fail. So in similar, similar, in a similar fashion, they're going to feel this way when they're in the clinic. It is going to be your responsibility as a clinical instructor to find situations that are generally going to set them up for success. If you find yourself in a situation whereby the student is at a greater risk of potentially failing, now the word fail could be defined differently, but essentially if you feel like there's a situation by which you know a patient's safety may be compromised, a situation by which their clinical reasoning may be challenged almost too hard, you need to step in as a clinical instructor. I'm totally not I'm totally against having a student quote unquote fail. In the sense that they, you, you literally will witness them struggle very difficult in, sorry, in very difficult situations without any kind of intervention performed by the clinical instructor. And why? Well, that's because the student will then start to feel that sense of failure. We don't want that. Um, you need to find opportunities selectively that's going to set the student up for early success. Keyword is early success. This is a way to get to buy into your relationship with your student. And it's a way for them to get to get an understanding of how the clinic operates and how you operate as a clinician. Later on, perhaps you can challenge them in more difficult situations whereby they may fail. However, you still as a clinical instructor need to prevent like failure at all costs. If they do struggle with a certain topic, you must communicate that. If there's some type of limitation, you need to be aware of that. And you need to have an open line of communication to make sure that you and your student can actually convey these problems to each other fairly. Um, again, you got to remember these students really do not want to fail. And if they feel like they're failing, this may retract their openness to then experiment, to jump into new situations, or to take upon increasing workload, or any of that. Um, because they feel that each time they do so, it's another opportunity for them to fail. And so, again, early success is critical. Try to place these students in situations where they can learn, adapt, grow, and then move on to the next situation, right? To give you kind of a concrete example, um, in my orthoclinical, I talked about this in our um, PT email episode, 
But uh, my first evaluation in my orthoclinical after five months of inpatient was a middle-aged teacher with low back pain. Now, I tend to be an experimenter. So I actually told my CI, TJ, and I said, hey, TJ, why don't you just let me step into that room and let me see how I do with an evaluation. What ended up happening was I actually really, really, really was very confused and not quite sure of how to piece my objective examination and my assessment together. Let alone, I was actually not even able to kind of identify a direction preference. And when I reflect upon it, this patient definitely had a direction intolerance to extension due to spinal stenosis. And I wasn't able to kind of achieve that during the exam. What ended up happening was my CI ended up talking constructively, but also using such a tone that made me, that made me feel quite inadequate. And this kind of happened on week like three or four out of an eight-week clinical. And what ended up happening was I felt motivated to try to prove myself. I did, I did do more research and provide to my CI feedback. But I also felt discouraged from conducting another evaluation because I really didn't want to screw it up again. And um, in retrospect, I don't think my CI, and I'm not, I'm not going to say that I'm blaming it on the CI, but I think the CI could have used an opportunity to figure out a method to help me thrive during my next evaluation. Because in my second evaluation, I remember I had a, an individual with shoulder pain, like subacromial pain type of issues, and what, and still struggled to kind of do the similar, similar um, translation between the objective data into the assessment. Um, although I will say that I improved in my ability to, uh, to conduct an exam, it was still insufficient to then create an assessment. And so that was quite difficult. And I think we as clinical instructors should recognize that every interaction that a student has with a patient is a learning opportunity, which is also another opportunity for you to evaluate, discuss, and move on. Which then, after we talk about kind of uh, success and failure, we then need to talk about risk. This is very tricky because risk is often um, risky, <laughs> no pun intended, no pun uh, included, but students will often struggle to put themselves in a risky situation for many, many, many different reasons. All students will have some type of insecurity when it comes to that. Some students are so, are so fearful that they may hurt a patient. They may compromise their safety. Others just do not want to be scolded or do not want to have any kind of constructive criticism being given to them. And thereby, they may choose to, be a, to assume a more uh, passive voice within uh, their experience as a student. How do you change this? Well, you need to kind of, you need, you need to be open with them and understand that there is going to be risk with anything that they do. I mean, they're learning. They're, they're seeing new patients with real complaints, real symptoms, hopefully, and um, other problems that just are not, cannot be portrayed in a classroom setting. And students will need to find a way to accept that. As a clinical instructor, you need to decide what situations are going to be risky enough that is also safe yet fosters a type of healthy environment for them to grow and hopefully succeed. If a student doesn't feel like they want to take risk, communicate with them. Why is that? Why do we feel like a student doesn't want to do that? Are they worried that your reputation as an instructor may be compromised? 
you need to figure out why they feel discouraged from participating and is something in your environment lending toward that? Is it something verbal, nonverbal, behavioral? You need to be able to kind of navigate through those issues as you talk to your students. And again, every student's going to be different, so you just can't communicate with them the same way to every student. There might be some ways you can help kind of organize your clinical instruction to help you systematically instruct these students, especially if you're taking students through, I'm sorry, if, especially if you're taking students through multiple, oh, geez, I, I botched my words, especially if you're taking multiple students, there we go, in a year. And so I do this by creating some type of preclinical packets, essentially much like we talked about earlier, your inventories, learning inventories, personality tests, I do give them a case study sheet. It actually contains four case studies of which are actual concrete patients. Again, patients are anonymous, but these are exercises which allow students to then brainstorm how you can go about an evaluation for very non-specific complaints of symptoms. Um, these are ways that I can just kind of see where their head's going, how they kind of tackle information and how they try to problem solve. So in summary, in order for you to take upon clinical students, you're going to need to be able to create an appropriate environment that will allow the student to balance risk with success and failure. You also need to figure out their learning style, communication style, and eventually be able to provide situations where they can essentially thrive. If there are moments where you feel like a student may need criticism, Provide it, but give them concrete ways to grow. Being very abstract about you, the way at which you deliver information can often be difficult because they may not be able to understand the same concepts at the level of expertise that you may understand it at. And so you may need to be able to provide them immediate ways for them to kind of redeem themselves, if you will. If you can, with a similar clinical pattern, maybe the same patient, or a similar complaint of with a different patient. So if you plan on taking upon clinical students, please consider how you carry upon how you work with them.